0: This week will be part one of softest steel, followed by part two next week.
1: along with us as we discuss our heritage for our legacies.
2: Welcome to our journey. Good afternoon, I'm Michael. I'm David. And it is Keith. So I think we got a caller on with us. Keith, you there? I'm on.
3: Hey, Keith.
1: Hey, Julie.
3: Hey, thank you for letting me sit in your chair today.
1: Hey, anytime. Keith, Michael's in your chair. She's in my okay. chair know he's oh. got the buttons. Michael has all the buttons today. See, there <laughs> you go. Yep.
2: <laughs> all right. So today we kind of we come together and we asked Julie to come on to be with us to to talk about stories about Grandma and Grandpa. And starting with a a question that we we've asked every one of our guests. Oh, okay. It was, uh, we've asked Aunt Mavis, and we've asked Gary, What? what's your, in this season, what's your favorite Bible verse, and why do you think it is?
3: Oh, my gosh. You mean in this season of life right now? This
2: season of life.
3: Wow. There's so many. Um,
2: and it could be in, uh, any verse from way back. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: I mean, just one that touched. Touches you.
3: Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you one that's on my heart right now, and um, I can attribute that it being fresh on my mind to one of our cousins who is out in, I believe, I believe she's in Austin, Texas right now. It's um, Jessica Mock Friesen. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? That's Debbie, Debbie Bowen. I daughter, Debbie Bowen, Lesser's daughter, Jessica Mock-Friesen. Yep. And um, recently she posted to Facebook, Isaiah forty thirty one, which says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. And she had the word wait underlined and then an arrow drawn, and she had some um, explanation of the word wait. And it said the word wait here is the Hebrew word for quavah, which means to bind together, to be joined, to meet, to expect, to be confident, to trust, to endure. So if we plugged in that definition into the scripture, it would read like this. Those who are bound together with the Lord, joined with the Lord, those who meet with the Lord, who confidently expect, trust, and endure, will renew their strength. So it's being united with him trusting in him and knowing him that is waiting and i can't think of a better introduction for a podcast where you guys asked me to talk a little bit about our grandma and our grandpa but particularly our grandma because you asked me for the you know from my from my point of view y'all can't you see her beneath those tissues earlier than i thought yeah <laughs> But can't you see her being bound together with the Lord, joined with the Lord, meeting regularly, meeting with the Lord, confidently expecting the Lord, trusting and enduring with the Lord. And boy, did he renew her strength daily. That's right. I mean, don't you remember her sitting in the chair in the living room after she had cooked and cooked and cooked in the kitchen and she sat down, she could have closed her eyes and took a nap. She could have kicked that recliner back. She could have turned on the, one of the three channels on the television, yeah. but she picked up her Bible and she read and she talked to the Lord and talked to us about the Lord. That's
2: right.
3: And that, you know, I would be, first of all, let me say this. I would be remiss if I said this podcast today is to lift our grandma up and just tell what a wonderful woman she was. She was, but only because of her Savior, Jesus Christ. She wouldn't even want us to just start saying good things about her without saying the purpose of this whole podcast is to point others to Jesus Christ. That's right. And, and I know that's, that is y'all's pur- overall purpose. Yes. And that's the purpose of our lives. So we get that out of the way right off the bat.
4: That's right. Right? That's right. Yeah, yeah.
3: So... I'm going to start off with here. Do you mind me just kind of like going through a list of things that you somebody said? So, what did grandma, what did you learn from grandma? What did grandma teach you? What did your time with grandma in the kitchen, in the yard, on the front porch, in the swing? What did those times under the pecan tree, shelling um, peas, you know, what shucking corn, what did those times? What did you learn from Grandma? I just want to go through some things, and y'all, y'all tell me about your thoughts.
2: Talk Brian. to us. And, Why and are you here? That's good, <laughs> Julie,
1: because you know, not everybody knows that you and Wendy and me and Justin grew up underneath Grandma and Grandpa.
3: Yes. A lot of,
1: a lot of our cousins, they weren't around as much as us. Mm-hmm. So you do have a very unique perspective. I would say you, you spent more time with Grandma than any other grandchild. I, I, I mean, it would be hard for anybody else to do it. We were there every day.
3: The only spanking I ever got from my daddy, from my daddy, <laughs> let me clarify. The only spanking I ever got from my daddy was for crossing the highway to go to Grandma's house when he told me, do not cross the highway. And I just, yeah. oh, I just needed to be there.
1: <laughs> we did, didn't we? <laughs> yes. I, I mean.
3: Yes. Uh, you had a
1: similar, didn't you? <laughs> uh, no. They they were so scared when I did it that they didn't whip me. <laughs> they like would have beat you to death. <laughs> what was I, 18 months old? Yeah.
3: You walked out of your house and walked. walked
1: to- down the dirt road and across the highway to Grandma's
3: Yeah.
1: 18 months.
3: I'm glad there's not as much traffic. There was not as much traffic the land, on that road really? then as there is now.
1: But, really? That's crazy.
3: Yeah. So anyway, I thought I'd start off with something that might, it might shock you, but it, there, is, there is a method to this madness. There's an order to the, my thoughts, okay? Go ahead. One of the first things that Grandma taught me was, we have an enemy And the enemy is real.
2: For sure. For sure. Yeah,
3: I don't I don't remember grandma um using the words Satan or Lucifer or you know, I don't remember her using those words very much, but she would say the enemy. The enemy. And um it was like she was acutely aware that we were all in a spiritual battle every day of our lives and that there, you know that there is a spiritual realm there's so right. much more than just the physical realm that we see with our eyes and we feel with our hands and that we had an enemy and um and that we ourselves were absolutely worthless To go up against that enemy that we had to have, that we were in need of a Savior. Yes. That we had to have the assistance. We had to have more than just the assistance. We had to give our lives over to a Savior in order to redeem ourselves and to have a fighting chance against the enemy. Right. And that's, I mean, we dove off in the deep end, I guess, right off the bat, but I just feel like there could be people listening who may be thinking, gosh, I'm having all this trouble, and I'm struggling, and da 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 da, da. There, we have an enemy mm-hmm. who wants very much for us to be defeated.
2: Definitely, yeah. I mean, and it's only just recently that that, well, in the last few years, that I woke up and realized how how crazy it really is on the spiritual side with the enemy yeah um yes i've seen uh, seen things in the past that yeah that's that's evil and this that and the other but here lately it's i've I've witnessed it come at me and until I turn it over to jesus pray about it get rid of it, do I see it leave me alone? And, uh-huh. and I have to ask help here in the church and, you know, to pray for me to get rid of that coming against me. And,
4: you know, it was, I don't know, it's, I'm glad that I've turned my life over so I can. Absolutely. It's I liberating guess.
1: that. What Julie's talking about is fear. You know, when Satan's attacking us, he creates doubt in your mind, and it, it turns into fear. And fear can be depression. Fear can be anything. And the biggest thing about, you know, fear is it, it, it makes you feel crippled, like you can't do anything. And I think from Grandma's perspective, when I picture her and I remember her, I, I never remember her fear in anything. Not that she didn't pray for things, but she expected things to happen, too. But I never seen her living in fear. Yeah. And, and, and one thing about it, I mean, think about all the grandkids running around. I can see some of <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names, but I can see other grandparents that they wouldn't let their grandkids do the things that we did.
3: Oh, my Lord, we did At, some crazy things.
2: Hey, Keith, you got anything to add there?
4: Uh, I mean, I can
0: remember I couldn't ride the motorcycle, so I was sitting on the motorcycle, (laughs) and I fell over, and a plow went in my leg, and I'm sure Grandma was praying for me, but Aunt Marie said, oh, it don't
4: look too bad. (laughs) I didn't get stitches, you know, Um, and, and, I was
0: probably seven. Uh, I know that was after we moved back. But, you know, those were the things that nowadays, it seems like everybody's, their, their thought process gets to running before they even realize it. And, you know, then I was thinking about that when you were talking earlier, Julie, you know, with grandma. A lot of times you just saw her looking off. Like you said, she could have been doing a lot of things. Um, she probably should have been sleeping if you get right down to it as much yeah. as she did do. yeah. But you would just see her in thought. And like we talked about, I think, last week, she'd be whistling.
4: Yes. Um, but she wasn't ever, like you say, fearful. But she wasn't ever in turmoil in in thought it was always she was confident and comfortable
0: anytime i saw her
3: and,
0: yes. and that you know thinking about it now there's a lot of things we we saw then that made absolutely no sense to us about how she handled things and did things but now looking back it makes complete sense to us
3: Yeah, Keith, you said um, confident, comfortable, and I guess Uh if I were a Baptist preacher, I'd have to finish that up with the third point, content. She was confident in her Savior and in who she was in Christ Jesus, and she was comfortable that even when she didn't have the answers or she didn't know what the outcome was going to be, that God had it under control, and she was content. And when I look back, I think about there were a lot of things that Grandma did not have, you know, that that she deserved, I think. I mean, like, she worked so hard. She deserved the very best of everything. But she was content in the condition that she was, like Paul tells us about, you know, being content. But— she would rather have blessed others with the abundance and the overflow than to bless herself, you know? Definitely. Yeah. She was extremely generous, um, not selfish at all. Um, David? You know,
1: she always said her, her mansion was in glory. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> I've, I don't yeah. know how many times I heard her say that as I was growing up, that her mansion was in glory. I, yes, it this world, what that mean, means to me now. I didn't get it at that time, but this but world's vapor. It, it it's all for naught. You know, there's nothing here. The things here, of the world. There's are.
3: right. There's absolutely. N- there's nothing. No material. Nothing that has mater- of material value that's going to last into eternity. Right. That's the true. only things that will last into eternity are the souls of men and. Um, the things we do for God, you know, to affect the souls of men. But David, you were talking about fear, and um, I just feel like Grandma knew without a doubt. um, Second Timothy one seven: For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. He had plenty of opportunities in her lifetime to lose her mind. To not be of sound mind. I mean, I just can't even imagine raising 10 children. And the 10 children that she raised were not always easy. Just, you know, just listening to them talk, listening to the stories they've shared. Um, they didn't always make life easy. Grandpa didn't always make life easy.
1: Lord, Not no. for her. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> <no>. <laughs>
3: Oh my goodness.
1: And you think about it, she had every excuse that you hear today of people that suffer from depression and oh, things like yes. that. You know she lost three children.:
3: Three children.:
1: One passed away in her arms. I mean she I couldn't imagine that I, I couldn't. You know, the only time that I ever remember her talking about that it was very seldom, but she was always doing it in a way. They keep us reminded of it. it you know what I mean? It, it wasn't like she was dwelling on it, no. but it was—I don't know—just trying to keep them in our mind because we always knew that there was three others. You know, I—I I don't remember ever not knowing that she had lost three babies, right? Right. I mean, so they never tried to hide that from us or anything like that.
3: Right.
1: She had ever every reason. <laughs> Ten growing kids that were driving her nuts. (laughs) All them grandkids driving her nuts and grandpa. And let's
3: not forget all the years that she was um, in the middle of the sandwich. Um, We talk about the the season of life you go through when you are still raising children, but you're also caring for your parents Mm -hmm. and their growing needs as they age. Um, Grandma was very faithful to take care of her parents and um grandpa's parents, you know, when the need arose. I was telling it Cindy last night, I remember getting in the vehicle with grandma with my mama, grandma, and great grandma Bowen and going grocery shopping. Yeah. Four generations of us. That's
1: right. And
3: Grandma Bowen was driving. She was driving <laughs> the bus. <laughs> <laughs> And might have been paying the bill. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, and it was, she could have had the look of frustration on her face. She could have been frustrated. But I only remember seeing the look of love.
1: How many books of you know? green stamps do you think y'all got that day?
3: Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> I mean, that's what it was stamps. all about at that time. David, my very first Bible, Grandma bought me with green stamps. That's right. Um what is it G what it I don't remember S&H, green, S&H stamps. green stamps S&H green stamps and um yeah and I still have that box. Books
1: and books of green stamps I remember yep. she would collect them all year Mhm and then I don't know sometime around this time of the year we would get to put the stamps yes! in the book
3: lick and stick and then she <laughs> would go yeah. cook
1: cash in her books and
3: when we got tired of licking or run out of (laughs) saliva they said hey you can wet this washcloth and wipe it (laughs) it was fine it
1: tasted terrible
3: yeah yeah but um
0: but i think for me that brings up something that i hadn't even i hadn't even thought about green stamps i didn't know it from being around grandma by the time we moved back that was kind of out but When we lived in Oklahoma, I can remember the green stamps. I remember going to the place where you could cash them in. Um, And I hadn't even thought about that. And that's that's part of what I envision this conversation each week doing. Even though there's distance, even though there's um, circumstances, we're gonna remember things, and and it's gonna it's gonna jog our memory. There's mm-hmm. people listen the same thing because for those first six years of my life, it was once a year that we came home for a week, maybe ten days. Um, because with Daddy being a preacher, there was no missing two Sundays a year. I right. mean, you know, for vacation. And we traveled um I don't remember traveling from Oregon, but from Oklahoma, we tried to come once a year, and it was a thousand miles
4: and you know when we moved back, things changed drastically for us um but
0: it was it was those times that I still remember little bits and pieces, and then once we moved, but hopefully. What this is going to do is help others to have the
2: bits and pieces and it's gonna to come together hey, you and, need to, and, hey. um you're you're breaking up on us um you're you're you sound like you're in a drum trying to catch fish it's with okay your mouth. you
3: said you said um this hopefully this podcast will help other people get the bits and pieces. And and we're hearing bits and pieces of you, so it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. We did hear that though. We did hear that. Um, so another thing that I so I started off pretty heavy yeah. with we. You know, Grandma taught me early on we have an enemy, and in our fleshly nature, as it's referred to in in the Bible, um, we're not so good ourselves. I mean, we're we're really not good at all.
2: We're all sinners.
3: Um, we're all sinners. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that's in the book of Romans. Um, but so we need a Savior. We were talking about um, we were talking about that while ago. However, First John four four, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. That I just remember Grandma stressing that to to us, that greater is he who is in us, Julie. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And y'all, when we look around this world today, I mean, that verse gives me so much peace because when I look around this world today, um there's so much evil there's so much evil and and sometimes like you were ta- you were saying well like oh grandma had every um every practical excuse. reason every excuse to just hang her head and give up and and wallow and depression and whatever but she never did Mm-mm. um
2: she never showed it if she did
3: right right <laughs> right um we all, as Christians, could, could very easily, I think Satan tempts us, and it could, we could very easily get our eyes on the evil that surrounds us, the evil that touches our lives on a daily basis. We but, we're, yeah. but we are missing the mark if we don't focus on But greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world, and it's not up to us, you know, like back to, back to my list of things that grandma taught me and stressed to me as at a young age, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. There's nothing in this life, the purpose of my being here is not to bring glory or pleasure or anything like that to me, but it's to bring to point others to Jesus as we started off this. That's right. Yeah. So, um even yesterday
2: I think we just lost Keith.
3: Okay. Even yesterday, um I was Nope, today this morning, I was reminding one of my girls um who um was talking about dealing with other people. You know, when you enter the work world and you um are working with people with different personalities, you know, and I told her, Hey, remember Keith Hughes. <laughs> That's
1: her telephone. Oh,
3: there's Keith. Okay. Anyway, so I was telling her to remember to keep the main thing the main thing. Go to work, do your job do what you're there to do and remember it's not about you honey <laughs> and my girls have heard I have three daughters in case anybody here doesn't know my girls have heard me say that a lot
1: say their names
3: Emma Grace 23 she's working as a registered nurse um and continuing school to get her BSN Ella Mae is um, twenty, twenty, she is um student teaching, and um, working on a dual degree in special education and early childhood education, and she's earned her ag endorsement. And before she's finished, she'll be able to teach agriculture in kindergarten, pre K through twelfth grade, and then Elizabeth Lynn, and um she is sixteen and is a junior. County High School, and um, hopefully she'll be a guest on this podcast sometime soon.
2: <laughs> we really would like to yeah. have her come on.
3: Yeah. But anyway, so they've all heard me say, honey, it ain't about you.
1: That's right.
3: <laughs> because, y'all, you know, we live in a world today that, aspe- well, with all of our children, mm-hmm. um, the media, social media, everything.
2: It's is- all smoke.
3: It's it's like it's all about you. You it's, deserve this. You deserve mm-hmm. this. You need this. You should have this. Parents worshiping their children, and and then here I am coming along telling my children, it ain't about you. That's right. That's get right. over it.
1: It really is. It is <laughs> anti-world the, the way we were raised. It <laughs> it's not all about me. You know and that is what it is today. It's all yeah. about me. Right. But us, like, get it, over
3: yourself. Right. This is not about you. Not. And, and, and I don't ever remember grandma saying those words to me. Julie, honey, it ain't about you. She didn't say that, but she lived it by example. Yeah. She showed me that I don't need to have all of my wants and wishes in order to be joyful. He's where the joy is. To quote Terri Lee Cobble from the Bible recap, he's where the joy is. Um so yeah. I, I think all of our children need a little more of it ain't about you, sweetie. True. <laughs> it's about Jesus. Pointing others to Jesus.
1: Not just our children, we do.
3: Oh yes. Oh yes.
1: <laughs> we need <laughs> yes. that too every day. Yeah,
3: I need it on the daily. <laughs> yes. But that is not but but just in case my husband Chip is listening, that is no reason for you to tell me, honey, it ain't about you.
0: <laughs> and he will okay. we all have that coming our way
3: Yes, yep, um but again, our fleshly nature is is sinful and selfish and prideful, and we live in a society that um nurtures that that because it's it's about greed and money, and you know people um feed into that so that they can get they you know they can get a little bit of what you have by feeding into your selfish desires okay so um i've got what is it michael
2: i'm just waiting on the phone to ring again (laughs) okay okay go ahead
3: So here is another. I just fixed it. (laughs) All right. Here is another um, key point, and I was um, sitting at the football game last night with Candy, our cousin Candy, and she even said this. So I know this really rings true that Grandma said it to more than just me. Well, what does the Bible say about that?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we went over that in one of
1: the first ones. I mean that's. Yeah. yeah, that was her answer. That yeah. was her go-to. What
3: does the Bible say about that? And the very first time I remember grandma asking me that, and it wasn't it wasn't, well, now Julie, it wasn't like she was preaching a sermon. No, Julie, let me tell you what the Bible says about that. It was, "What does the Bible say about that?"
2: She challenged you. She to find
3: challenged. Out. That was the word I was thinking, Michael. She challenged me to find out for myself and make it my own so that those roots uh, in my relationship with Jesus would grow deep
2: That right.
3: I would live it and experience it and test it out and the very first time that I remember hearing those words come out of her mouth um, was when I really wanted my ears pierced and my daddy said no he wasn't having it if the good lord wanted you to have holes in your ears he would have put them there <laughs> is what he said yeah. He also, going back to what we were saying a while ago about it's not about you, his way of saying that was, well, you ain't too old for your wants to hurt you. There you
1: go. <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
3: and I'm st- right. obviously, I'm still not too old for my wants to hurt me.
1: She had to take her earrings out to put her headphones on <laughs> to do this podcast. So she did get some holes in her ear. I
3: did when I turned 20 years old, and <laughs> I felt like it was safe. I was about to get married in a couple of months, and I thought – um. It would be okay. We. And It was, you know, it was all right. My daddy wasn't upset with me. But when I was about seven or eight years old, he said, no, no, you're not getting your ears pierced. And so, and he kept saying no. And I, you know, if I'd had the technology today that I, that if I'd had the technology back then that I have today, I would have had a slideshow and charts and graphs <laughs> and everything to present to him to persuade him why I needed my ears pierced. It was I was just that passionate about it. Um, but instead, I thought, I'm just going to go straight to the jugular. I went to his mama.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I went to grandma. And I just knew that grandma would see things my way.
1: Yeah, because she loved you. And, <gasps> and she was always there for you. And
3: she wanted to, you know, it was all about blessing. You know, she she loved blessing her grandchildren. That's right. And so I said, Grandma... Is there anything wrong with me getting my ears pierced? <laughs> and first she said, "Well, what does the Bible What does the Bible say about that?" And I said, "Well, grandma, I mean, you know, I'd heard about Jezebel and, you know, <laughs> that's
4: right. Jezebel.
3: <laughs> anyway, Jezebel, <laughs> anyway, and in the Bible and I was like, but Grandma, I know that there were women in the Bible with their ears pierced. And I know a lot of good Christian women who have their ears pierced. And it doesn't mean that you're not a good woman. And I just don't understand. why. And I let it slip that my daddy didn't want me to have my ears pierced. But she knew that already, mm-hmm. you know. And she said, that's not what I'm talking about, Julie. what does the Bible say about obeying your parents? That's right. <sighs> grandma. <laughs> Children obey your parents in the Lord, for it is good. That's right. And you know what? That was the last conversation we had about me getting my ears pierced, because she corrected me and reminded me that, you know, I just needed to obey my father. And no, there was nothing wrong with me getting my ears pierced, but there was something wrong with me disobeying my father. That's right. And
1: and that like, was the lesson.
3: That yeah. was the lesson. And I took that lesson into adolescence and you know, early adulthood and now midlife <laughs> because now
2: You're having to teach it.
3: I'm having to teach it. And um, as Christy and Jeff always said when they were training their children, obey and be blessed or disobey and suffer the consequences. And Grandma was teaching me, obey, Julie. God is a, just like your father is a good, good father. Our God is a good, good father. And the things that He tells us, while we don't always want to obey, the reason He tells us those things is because He cares for us. He loves us, and He mm-hmm. wants He He wants what is best for us. Now, that may be someone who, someone who may be listening who. Doesn't have a walk with Jesus yet You may think that is crazy What does having your ears pierced Have anything to do with God's will for us But you know what I don't know why my daddy Didn't want my ears pierced And it doesn't matter But there are There have been plenty of times in life When I didn't understand Why God was leading Me in certain directions And leading me through the leadership of my husband in certain directions I didn't understand it I didn't want to go there you know I didn't want our life to take that turn and yet because I said because I learned that lesson so long ago obey 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 and trust trust and obey my dad used to sing, trust and obey, for there's no other way, you know? Mm-hmm. So I learned to trust and obey, and I've been tremendously blessed, tremendously blessed by doing that.
1: And you learned it at such an earlier age. But it, it wasn't like it was in a couple of hours. You just realized that. You still wanted to get your ears pierced for oh, years yeah. and years. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't scar you for life, right? No,pe. I mean that's the lesson. That,
3: Absolutely.
1: You know, some things we don't understand, but because our Father says that's the way it is, especially when you're six or seven years old.
3: hmm
1: There's so much you don't know.
3: Yep. And then um, I'm just going to touch on this briefly, but moving it because we're. What did you just say? I'm going to touch on this briefly.
2: There's nothing brief about when you go to talk yeah. to you.
3: No, really. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to touch on this briefly because you I'm said joking. that we could do a podcast later. You're going to regret asking me to come on with this. No. not. But anyway, no. you said we could do a podcast later about another topic. So I'm just going to kind of give the intro to that. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Um, But as a young adult, um, Chip and I, my husband Chip Griner, Chip and I dated for five years before we got married. And then we were married five years before our first child, Immigrace, came along. But somehow in those 10 years, I don't ever remember having the first conversation about what would happen when we had a baby. And um, in my mind, that sounds stupid, doesn't it? Like looking back, how could we not have even discussed what would happen? He was working a job. I was teaching school. Um, and in his mind, uh, and my mama was standing there with her arms wide open, waiting, waiting, salivating, yeah. wanting, like for the first time, she's everybody knows, if you know my mom, you know she's the baby whisperer in the family. But for the first time, this was her first grandchild. She was just waiting to get to keep her first grandchild while I went back to work teaching elementary school. Um, but... When immigrants arrived, those maternal instincts kicked in, and I didn't want to leave her, not even with my mama. And I told Chip, like, two or three days before pre-planning, I'm not going back to work. And he said, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Well, that was, that's not our plan. And I'm like, that, no, no. This is your plan. You have a plan and I have a plan, but we don't have a plan. And anyway, and it was bad. I just sat there and cried and cried and cried and rocked my baby and thought, I can't leave her, you know, and I can't divorce my husband over this because we just had a baby and this is (laughs) crazy. But anyway, uh, he wouldn't see things my way and I wouldn't see things his way. And so, you know, I called Grandma, and Grandma said, I just poured my heart out, and I just cried and cried and cried. And here's the comfort she gave me. Julie, what does the Bible say about (laughs) that? Oh, my Lord. Here Mm. we go again. And I was prepared, just like the last time I was prepared. I said, Grandma, it says train up your child in the way that you sh- she should go and when she is old she will not depart from it. Lord, Grandma that was a directive from the Lord to me and I need to be here to do that. And she said and you will Julie, you <laughs> will. What else does it say? And this is not a popular topic but it's biblical. Wives, see to it that you submit to your husbands. Respect your husbands. And I'm just going to throw these words in there too from my life. Trust your husband's leadership. Lean into your
4: husband. I
3: didn't want to do it. I didn't want to trust His plan was the best plan for our family. I wanted to be the stay-at-home mom and hold my baby all day, every day. (laughs) But I knew, obey and be blessed, or disobey and suffer the consequences. And I trusted my husband. No, actually... At that moment, I didn't. I trusted the Lord. That's right. And the promise of his blessings through obedience
4: to him. And
3: I looked at you and I said, I'm going to go back to work in two days, or it might have even be the next day. I'm going to go back to work. But if anything happens to our child or any of our children, subsequent children in the future, it's on you, buddy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And he's he's accepted that too.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) But at the same time, you know, let me let you say what you did about honoring your husband. All right. And people, you say that's not popular today. And it's not if you, if you. If you just say that part, but there's a whole nother part that yes, goes with there is. that. You know. Yeah. You have to marry a godly man. Right. Uh, and then the godly man has a lot of things that he has to step up and do too. Yeah. So you know, if you're gain, honoring your husband, gain, your husband it. better be putting you first. That's just the way it works.
0: I say that those,
1: after Jesus. Those, we know Jesus is first.
0: Biggest things that I can remember from doing premarital counseling, my daddy was, he looked at me and Elizabeth and he said, what do you give? Wh- each of you give in this marriage. And you know, you're thinking, well, it's
4: 50-50.
0: And, and we both kind of looked at each other and we said that. And he goes, no. He said, it's 100-100. Mm-hmm. And in tandem with what Julie's saying, I think we husbands
4: have to remember and wives remember, we can't do it just like our parents did it.
0: We've been fortunate to find, to have parents because of our grandparents that never expected us to do it just like they did it. In fact, a lot of times they told us, hey, don't do it this way, you know, avoid these. Yeah, learn balls. from
3: our mistakes.
0: Right, don't you don't have to, to 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 find out for yourself. So, um that, you know, but as as husbands and wives, the best way to do it is to come together and say, "Okay, what can we do?" You know, yeah, that's your idea. Yeah, this is my idea, but but what's our idea? you know mm-hmm. based on scripture and yeah. and I
4: guess that's where when I look back at grandma and grandpa what strikes me is I
0: don't remember a lot of conversations between grandma and grandpa and of course there couldn't have been many when we were around because there were so many of us that but but
4: the unity that was there, the, the
0: strength of their their relationship, it wasn't until later on in life when Grandpa wasn't out in the field and Grandma wasn't in the kitchen all the time that I can remember walking in and them actually in the same room with me talking
4: to one another. Almost, you know, and I didn't think about it, but, that bond and the only way that bond gets stronger is to have a little bit of adversity